This evening's, this evening's scripture is from uh, Philippians 2. We'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 18. Philippians 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and deprived generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. As you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing, but even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you so you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So far. Congregation of Jesus Christ, we gather around God's word in a world that, that would wonder about various aspects of that word, but also about the Holy Spirit. If, if we, We've been thinking about how we, how we speak faith into this modern world, how we express what we believe and, and how we work that out to those around us who don't really know the Bible that much, who don't believe, and then to explain to them the Holy Spirit. That, that is uh, definitely, uh, how do we do that? There is, there is a connectedness when we speak to people generally in the culture about God. And then they'll say, yeah, God, absolutely. And if we, if we speak to people about Jesus, there is 
there is more connectedness still, or less maybe than, than God in general. But with Jesus, yeah, you can speak about what we believe about Jesus. But then you get to the Holy Spirit. And then, then you are starting, well, then you are getting to, okay, what, what is that exactly? So in regard to our modern witness of the Christian faith, our contemporary testimony, what, what do we say? How do we go about that? And maybe we might think, too, it may be not as important that we go there. And, and even for ourselves, do we have a good grasp on what, what the Spirit is and what the Spirit does? And so, so could we explain it to others? Could we share it in a way that would be helpful and encouraging? So there are these kinds of, of hesitancies in our modern culture. This evening, through God's Word, I want to remind you of the importance of, of understanding the work of the Spirit and also of sharing that work of the Spirit with others. It's, it's definitely something that we can and should do. And just to give you a, a few of the initial reasons of why we would do that. First of all, the Holy Spirit is, is actually where uh, God becomes most personal. You, you have, in, in regard to God the Father, uh, some sense of distance. God the Father, heaven, God the Father at creation, and so distance, some distance, though God is definitely here and all everywhere present. With Jesus, you might have a, a little more, okay, that's, that's Jesus. He lived long ago. And so what does he really have to do with today? But the Spirit is the active presence of God in the world today. That's the reality of, okay, who is most connected? In a sense, it's the Spirit right now who is most central, most active. You also have it in terms of, of prominence in the biblical record, where the Father is more prominent through the Old Testament, Jesus through the Gospels, and then the Spirit as the church goes forward. And, and we are the church, and by the power of the Spirit. So that connectedness, why are we here as church? How does the church go forward? Well, that's the work of the Spirit, indeed by the Lordship of Christ and under God's plan. But the centrality of the Spirit is definitely at the forefront. I think we can even tie into our modern culture a little bit with the it's desire for experience, that, that, that you experience the faith, the, the, the experience of the Christian faith uh, comes through the Spirit. And uh, I, I would compare it, like people like experiences, modern experiences. And, and I heard at the Calgary Stampede, I'm not sure if you heard about that, there was a, you could, you could experience a $100 hot dog. Did you hear about that? Yeah. And so they brought this fancy meat and the lobster and everything. And, and the gentleman who brought it from BC, he, 
he brought a hundred of them, right? Because he wondered, even himself, right? A hundred dollar hot dog, who would buy that? But he sold out in two days. People want to experience something. I've never experienced that before, a hundred dollar hot dog. And there is a, a tendency in our culture to experience things and even new things and, and just to, to take that and, and to, yeah, try to, to be open to things like that. And so I, I would just equate that to the, the work of the Spirit that, that people would truly experience by the Spirit the grace of God and the forgiveness that God can give. Now, we could, could talk about that with people and that they would actually let, let all that, that drags them down go and, and be set free in the, the new life in Christ to experience that, to live by faith, by the Spirit. And so, so there are connection points all along the way, always, but in this area as well. There are a few problems, number of difficulties we run into, speaking about the Spirit. And, and the first one is our understanding is sometimes confused and incomplete. If I were to ask you, if, if, if someone walked up to you and said, show me in the Bible, where it talks about the Holy Spirit and explains all about the Holy Spirit. Which, which book do you turn to? Or which of the letters? Is there a letter of Paul that's all about the Holy Spirit? Or even which, which chapter here or there? It's not right there, hey? It's not... It's not just right there. If, if you really wanted to, to find a, the clearest summary is John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. John 15 is, uh, is the vine and the branches and, and, and things like that. But in John 14, Jesus talks about the Spirit. I read it from our call to worship. And in John 16, he talks again about sending the Spirit. Those are the two central chapters that talk about the Spirit. Uh, Romans 8 also talks about living by the Spirit, which is a beautiful chapter too. But it's, it's, it's not like, okay, this is the Spirit. So, so you need to just draw things together, and the contemporary testimony tries to do that. Also, if, if you have to picture the, the spirit, you, you have a, a mental image of God, and that can, that can vary, but yeah, you have kind of a... And Jesus, okay, Jesus lived as a person, and so you think of Jesus, and there, there you have a person who lived and walked. But the spirit, the spirit is, yeah. The old King James Version had the Holy Ghost. So then you're in ghost territory. And then you're with Casper the Friendly Ghost. And, and you're not getting far <laughs> with that. That's not connecting with the Spirit. So, so how do you 
say too, the Holy Spirit is an active presence. The Holy Spirit also is only mentioned very briefly in our other confessions. You might think, we're looking at the contemporary testimony here, if you look in the Heidelberg Catechism, there's only one short Lord's Day. And if you look in the Belgic Confession, it, it does not speak uh, separately about the Spirit. It, it speaks about just references to the Spirit in relation to other things. But it's not like a whole discussion of the Spirit. And the Canons of Dort as well, no direct mention. So, so you wonder too, how do we explain, how do we understand, how do we bring across the work of the Spirit? I want to give you, first of all, our Reformed understanding. And actually, apart from it's not in the Confessions, but it's articulated probably most clearly by John Calvin. And, and through, he wrote extensively commentaries on all the Bible books. And, and, and we are actually, as a Reformed church, we are... We are tremendously Holy Spirit-centered. And, and maybe I don't make enough reference to it, but our, our understanding is the Holy Spirit. And so, so, for example, as a church, when a child is baptized, what makes that effective? And the answer is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit applies that sacrament to hearts and lives and it's only by the Spirit that we have any confidence in the sacrament. You have the Lord's Supper, the bread and the wine. What is effective in that? Do you need a certain kind of bread? Do you need a certain kind of wine or juice? Do you have to say certain words? No, it's all the Spirit. That the Spirit takes those ordinary things and applies them to the hearts of people in an encouraging and a transforming way. It's, it's all the Holy Spirit. And the preaching itself, the reading of the word, and to preach, that's a, a spirit-guided activity. Why, why preach? Why do that? Because the spirit, responding to, to the command of the Lord, preach the word, takes that word, and makes it effective. And so it all has to do with the Spirit. Even evangelism. What programs, what techniques? Well, you do your best, but the, the point of how it actually works is the Holy Spirit takes our witness, takes what we do, and has to apply it. And those who do it stand back uh, often too amazed that, that the Lord by the Spirit is bringing people to faith. The Spirit softens hearts and allows people to respond to the gospel. And so, in, in all things, uh, John Calvin was actually uh, labeled as, as the theologian of the Holy Spirit, as he outlined the Reformed faith. He came back to it time and time again in terms of the church. How does the church function? The Spirit is at work. What about teaching, even Christian school? The Spirit is at work. What about the works of mercy? If you feel you want to help somebody in need, the Spirit gives you that sensitivity. And so to walk with the Spirit, 
to be in that. And Philippians 2 verse 1 talks about that. If you have any fellowship with the Spirit, fellowship with the Spirit, that you are, are in tune, in line, walking with the Spirit, that's, that's the picture of the Holy Spirit's presence everywhere working things out. Contemporary Testimony 29 lists more specifically things that the Spirit does. If, if you noticed as we were confessing it, it's really a, a compilation of many biblical texts in terms of the Spirit. So, so reading that too, renewing our hearts, moving us to faith, leading us in the truth, that, that work of the Spirit again is, is everywhere present. And so, even when it says here, uh, re renewing our hearts, moving people to faith, uh, the biblical truth, the understanding is that, that no one can say Jesus is Lord apart from the Spirit. So everyone, anyone who believes, has been touched, worked in, transformed by the Spirit. And so... We affirm that in ourselves and in others. How did we come to believe? Did we decide? Did we figure it out? No. The Spirit worked in us, and by God's grace, we believe. And that, that Spirit would continue to work in others as we witness and serve and, and work that out. That's, that's our confidence in the Spirit. John 16 talks about the Spirit leading us into truth. And that's things like, like studying God's word, growing in our understanding, and even having that desire, the desire to study God's word, the desire to grow in our understanding. That's a, a working of the Spirit in us. And so we see the Spirit's hand. Uh, helping us to pray, Romans 8. Desiring to grow in prayer, to see the value of prayer, the place of prayer. That's a work of the Spirit. To stand by us in our need, Jesus says to the disciples, I, I will send you the Spirit as a comforter who will be with you after I'm gone. So the Spirit stands beside them, stands beside us in our need. That's the, the strength people feel in difficult times. People in difficult times, when they... they struggle with their faith, but to, to hold on to their faith. What's that? That's the Spirit holding on to them. And so we see and need to see and recognize the place, the work of the Spirit. It adds spiritual gifts, not just given, but lavished, lavished on the church in astonishing variety. And so the reference there is to, uh, to Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, and 13 and 14, where it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and that we each recognize gifts in ourselves and in others, and that we affirm those gifts and continue to work to use our gifts for the upbuilding of God's kingdom. It does mention things most specifically here, uh, things like prophecy. The gift of prophecy is, uh, is a gift of the Spirit, we would recognize that by the Spirit, God has given us the gift of prophecy 
through Jesus Christ, the great prophet, that his word is the prophetic truth that undergirds all prophetic expressions, and that the Spirit affirms that. John 16, uh, Jesus says, the Spirit will only speak in harmony with my words. will take from what is mine and make it known to you. And so we continue to, to receive that reality that people consider too. What, what Jesus is doing and, and, and people, people bring forward too. A prophetic word in different circumstances in terms of what, what God continues to do and continues to work things out. Our confidence is in that work of God that continues to be uh, applied by the Spirit as we seek to go forward in faith. It also mentions healing, the gift of healing. I was talking last week with someone who attends a church in Sylvan Lake, and they have a regular Thursday night healing service. So I inquired about that, and, and it was just a, a time where, where people gathered, and there was a, a prayer offered and some scripture, and then to invite the Lord to, to uh, according to his will. It was very nice, a nice sense of healing. It wasn't so demanding or, or overwhelming, but, but the person said, too, that they had uh, really felt encouraged, and, and people had experienced levels of healing. And so that reality continues to work itself out while... Others are not healed. So what is that? We, we have the reality of God's healing power, and we have seen here in our fellowship too, healing, God's grace in that, in response to prayer. So we recognize that work of the Spirit and gift of the Spirit as well. There is also that understanding that healing, physical healing, is not the final goal in life. God's glory is the final goal in life. So we have also seen in circumstances of physical struggle great spiritual healing. And so what are we talking about? Just physical healing? Are we talking about God's spiritual healing through physical struggle? And so there's, there's a tremendous work of the Spirit in terms of healing. And I, I'm even reminded of, of the Spirit working through our medical uh, system that we have in this world, in our, in our country. And, and if you speak to doctors and if you take them aside at times, and they will tell you that, that they can't explain why somebody lived or why somebody didn't. And, and if they have a bit of a spiritual focus, they will testify to the fact that, that sure, they did what they could, but it was God who healed by the Spirit. And at other times, they will say, too, we, we did what we could and we thought everything would be great, and the person did not recover. And so what, who is at work? God is at work in each situation. And we continue to call upon him also in the area of healing. Well, one other one I just want to highlight in terms of the, uh, the list here is speaking in tongues. And uh, was it up here? It was on our, I don't know, in the list there was a little bit of a, a garble as we got to that point. <laughs> the tongues kind of 
I think it was, it's definitely, it is in to mean uh, uh, that the Spirit uh, provides speaking in tongues. Glossolalia. That's the official term. Glossolalia. I like that. Glossolalia. Speaking in tongues. In some faith traditions, that is elevated to a very high level. So that for me to know if you are saved, you would have to demonstrate to me that you could speak in tongues. And until you could do that, I would say to you, you are not saved. Now, I think that, that that's not what the gift of tongues is. We wouldn't go there at all. But you will find people who have that sensitivity in this regard, that somehow, if you want assurance of faith, you have to have this uh, happen or this gift somehow. In the biblical account, there are conversions where people speak in tongues. There are many where they don't. And so the, uh, each situation has its own specific God-glorifying reason. When, when the Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, the disciples spoke in tongues, and there was a very specific reason. The Spirit wanted to have the people there who were there for the Passover hear the gospel in their own language. And, and I'm not sure if you've, uh, you've noticed it, but, but if, if, uh, if you visit with someone who, uh, who was raised in Dutch, and then you read to them in Dutch, that's, that's so much better, right? It, it just touches their heart. And so if you speak to someone the gospel in their own language, powerful witness. So the Spirit enabled the speaking in tongues for that reason, and it was tremendously effective. And so when it's necessary, in context, it is a gift of the Spirit. I would include the work of Wycliffe Bible Translators, where people are gifted in tongues. And if you, if you see that work and the people who go into it and do it, and they, they understand language, and they, they can listen, they can hear it, they can write it down, they can translate it, what a gift. I can't do that. I don't think you can do that. The gift of the Spirit, as things are given to them to read the, the gospel in their own language. I would even think like we support John and Marion uh, Vandermeer in the Congo. And John goes and, and he does all the technical stuff. He does the computers, right? And he, he sets up all of that. And that's a language in itself. Like I couldn't go and do that. You couldn't go and do that. But he knows that language. And for the sake of the gospel, God has given him that gift. And I would say, John, by the Spirit's power, you have that gift to go there and do that. And, and glorify God. And so I would say, John, you are speaking in tongues. You are, you are praising the Lord in what you're doing. So we see the Spirit's work and understand the Spirit continues to be active in all kinds of ways. There is, in the contemporary testimony, we didn't read it, but uh, stanza 30 focuses on evangelism. And I just wanted to mention how the Spirit works also to, to draw people back to faith. And I just wanted to share, uh, Henry, the example that, that 
you were working with your neighbor. Uh, Henry Isis uh, is just doing part of the neighborhood life just in the area here around this house and, and just just in a very normal neighborly way got to know some people and just just the other week then the, the lady her father passed away and and just out of that simple contact just by being open to the spirits leading uh, Henry just dropped in just to, to say too a word of encouragement and and was able to to just come to understand that situation better and offered too just to to help and then was open the people there were open to my help and so they came to the church here people who hadn't been in church for many many years they were here in the basement with Henry and I we were reading scripture together and we were preparing some things for a time of a remembrance around the grave and and it was it was amazing and you say how does that happen and you think well it's it's the spirit the spirit provides the openness the opportunity in a difficult situation the death of a father but with many many opportunities to to share the 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 two ladies we had downstairs uh, they were, they were, yeah, quoting scripture passages that they knew just a little bit. And we could open scripture with them and share it with them. And, and it was, how do you do that? How, because that, that's not supposed to happen, right? Because these are, are people who don't, don't have really a connection to church or faith, but by the Spirit. So that is a constant that we need to continue to be aware of and trusting in and, and recognizing that the Spirit is at work. And so we have that through our church plants too, like the river in Edmonton. How does that thing go? And now the avenue started up, and, and there too, it's simply trusting the Spirit and going forward in faith and, and calling people to faith in Jesus Christ, and they respond by the Spirit. Philippians 2 speaks about that, that we would have more fellowship with the Spirit. And even Philippians 2, verse 2, that, that we would be like-minded, that we would have the mind of the Spirit, that we would have the Spirit in mind more. And that is our very encouraging center. And then... 2 verse 12, where the Spirit helps us to work out our salvation, that we continue to call on the Spirit, that we continue to live by the Spirit, Galatians 5.25, to walk in step with the Spirit, to the praise of our Lord. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by your grace you sent your Son to be our Savior, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you sent the Spirit to be your active presence here in this world. And we pray, Holy Spirit, as fully God, as fully watching over us, with us and in us, we pray that you would continue to work by your power in us, first of all, just encouraging, guiding, strengthening, and that as we seek to walk humbly, thankfully with you each day, that you would open our hearts and eyes to the things that you would have us do and that we would continue to be your humble servants and that we would stand amazed at all you have done and continue to do. We pray that you, Holy Spirit, would be raised up in our hearts and lives 
and in our sharing too, living out each day, just seeing you at work in us and around us, and that we would glory in your goodness and grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.